What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 588 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by the dynamic duo. It's a trio today. Stephen Kyle Bracky, Ben, yeah. Monkey Askren, and David Bray. David here to talk a little oh, yeah. international wrestling with us. Um, so yeah, big, big show here. And I, you know, I thought we were going to start, well, I didn't know where we were going to start. I thought we were going to start with World Cup, but I watched this, the, the Gilman Gross match last night, and I, we got to start with that. You're fired up, huh? I'm fired up. You know, I watched the match, I was fired up. I thought more about other things, I got fired up. And so, yeah, now I'm just fired up. Well, what are you about- fired up about? I mean, the grounding thing is about the only thing you'd be fired up about. I don't know what the, what's going on. Well, I'm I'm fired up about the uh, I'm reignited on the on the grounding rule and what a terrible so rule it is. And the more I think so about dead. it, the more I'm like, how can you? I mean, how it's like this. Uh, I think Adam Tirpelli was the first person I heard like talk about this with like folk style out of bounds rules. Like out of bounds should never be safety. Should never be like preventing scores. Yeah. Should never be incentivized. You should never incentivize like a bad action like that. You're incentivizing guys. Dropping down, get just finding a way to get their their knees on the mat so that they can't be scored on. You, sh- yes. you shouldn't. That should not be incentivized. And, and what Thomas Gilman was doing, and if you don't know what we're talking about, I'll summarize the match in like eight seconds. Gilman on a <laughs> single, Wizard from Gross on the ground, and Gilman can't get the one because he's grounded. Basically, it was a four four win yeah. for Seth go. Gross. So I, I I went back and rewatched it. Gilman got how many, in, wait, how many singles was Gilman on? Eleven. Oh my! I, I knew it was a big number. Eleven, and not. Th- I'm not talking about like a single. Like oh, I shot and just like yeah, this deep singles behind yeah. the knee, right? Like was in really deep. And on the one hand, this is not a new technical problem for Thomas Gilman. Finishing single legs when he gets the lock has been um, a. a an area of improvement for him for some time. So this is it definitely kind of revealed that he's not quite there yet. And that, but more than anything, it just revealed that the rules aren't great. And you could, you could say that the, the last exchange was just straight up a bad call. Like, I think a lot of people think yeah. that, and it makes me wonder like, what is the actual grounded rule? Cause Gilman was down four, four late in on another single. He gets the one knee very much off the mat and maybe the second, Gross is kind of pulling them off the bat out of bounds and they go grounded again. Um, so it, it makes me, I was looking for the actual, like the verbatim on what makes someone grounded and Did not you find grounded. Because the, 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 no. the UWW rules are very, I, I've tried to look at them before. <laughs> They're very hard to read. Yes, they are. So uh, Ben, I, I want some, uh, some of your thoughts on this. I could go um, around and around on this. Yeah, no, I feel, so I feel similar. I say I'm the one, obviously, the fact that Thomas Gilman couldn't actually get a takedown off of a single leg was uh, so number number two things. Number one, that's it got to be frustrating for him not to be able to do that. But number two, why wouldn't you change your game plan? Why would you get there eleven times and say, "Well, the eleventh time it's going to work," you know? And I guess maybe he got a couple pushouts from it, but why not? Maybe try to snap him down, or why not high crotch, or why not a double leg or an underhook? And I I realize. Seth was trying to force him to that one position. I mean, that was pretty obvious. It wasn't like it wasn't like Seth was trying all the hard to keep him off the one single leg. But I don't know if you're Gilman and, and you're having that much frustration, I feel like you should maybe, hey, let me change my game plan. Um, so you know, I thought that was I thought that was interesting. And then the other thing was, you know, Gilman 
scored got scored off twice off of his single leg and man to be a world-class world-class wrestler both of those were not really great to give up i mean the one was a hip tip which that was the better one the other one he just kind of got flattened out and got his hands peeled well he gilman i i think to counter what you're saying i feel like gilman probably felt he did change up his approach because he'd been trying to finish backside on it so this time he tried to finish between the legs and he ended up playing himself a little bit because gross was able to attack his hands and and come around and and get the two that way so i i don't know i but i think you know you kind of bring that up and like change your tactics change your tactics but like one thing with gilman is he's like he sort of can can get a little tunnel vision in his focus i mean remember one of the most you know bizarre tactical blunders we thought about is why did he shoot on Dayton Fix at the end of that match? He had it won. Yes. We thought he had it yeah. won. And I said on the broadcast, there's no way he's shooting. He shoots in, gets taken down. Because that was like how Dayton was able to get uh, his points against Thomas. And yeah. it made no mm-hmm. sense. So I, I think that's a that's an area of uh, of continued growth potential for, for Thomas. Yeah. The, the other place that really annoys me that he never goes, uh, now we're getting into the weeds and technical wrestling, but Good. in freestyle, if you shoot a single leg, you don't get it. You can very easily come up to the hip and go to your seatbelt position. And in folk style, that's not it's not that great of a position. It, it's okay. But in freestyle, if you're the seatbelter, you can drive the guy up to his feet, and you have if you can keep control of his hips, which you're supposed to, then you can really control his at the mat. And you can really, really, really force him to the edge. Which obviously, with the power he has, we know that's something that he looks to do on a regular basis. So I, I'm surprised he hasn't explored that seatbelt position more. Yeah, um, I, I think he could have some success from there. Guys like Green and I think Burroughs. I mean, Burroughs is like the step-out master of masters. But yeah. Green, I just mm-hmm. it sticks out because I remember RTC Cup. He was ending up in those kind of extended single-leg positions. But he was able to get up <clears throat> under the guy enough to where he br- he actually can bring the guy from grounded to his feet to out of bounds for the mm, one. Yeah, uh-huh. Which that's, you know, yeah. but, you know, he's uh, – Definitely an area of strength for him. So a couple other things about the match. One, I thought it was funny. I think Gilman was the only guy that got hit for uh, a uh, passivity warning, which was hilarious. But the well, other, how about the rep offering the caution one off the off the club, off the club? Yeah, that was no, was, it's not not confirmed. Thankfully, not confirmed. But I actually sort of, I don't know if I agree, agree, but I understand why. Seth was never put on the clock because there was just constant action. He was on the leg the Thomas entire time. Was on his leg the whole time. Yes, it would have been oh, kind of tough funny. to put him on the clock. Just there's you normally see the the clock go back and forth and back and forth when it's like a lot of standing around, nothing happening. There was action yeah, throughout yeah. this match, so I kind of understand it. It's fair. I, I mean, yeah, one thing. I'm... One thing too. I mean, you know. It is worth like pointing out, you know, Gilman maybe should change his approach. 11, 11 singles, but I mean, he did score four times, right? I mean, he scored, and and three of those were straight stepouts. One was like a reversal. So, like percentage wise, if you're shooting eleven times and you're ending up converting some kind of a score, four out of eleven, that's that's not a a terrible finish rate. And then considering how close he was to scoring a couple other stepouts that ended up being called grounded, I I don't know. I mean, I yeah. I could kind of see why. He kept with that approach because he was either scoring or really close to it. The problem is 
that plays right into Gross's wheelhouse. He's like, he's so, he is so good at, and so fast at attacking a wrist once somebody gets to a shot. And he just like systematically takes your shot and, and begins to sort of dismantle it and work towards scoring from that. And he got two, two point scores, um, which, you know, made a gigantic difference, but I can understand why Gilman felt so close to scoring so many times. So I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of understand it. I, I feel like. So there was the one reversal, but the other thing was at least two of those step up points were high singles where he didn't even hit a knee, right? Where he's yes. the first one, Seth tried to slide by and he stepped to it and ran him out. And then, um, and the, I think the third point he got maybe was a high single also where he just stepped to it and didn't hit, hit his knee. The fourth point, I'm blanking whether he hit a knee or not. I, I think he did. I think he was down on the shin wizard and ended up scoring. Um, so those high singles actually working out decent because, you know, Seth was, again, Seth was kind of inviting him into that leg. Yes. Um, yeah, I understand why he continued. I mean, listen, if they call that ending sequence differently, he wins the match, and we're probably not second-guessing yeah. his tactics quite as much. Another thing, tactically, where you would see Gilman frequently convert scores is, is off his opponent's attacks. He's got really good down-block, go-behind, re-attack stuff. Seth yes. did not take a single shot, as far as I can Not recall. one. No, not no. a single. Uh, not so, one. So there, <laughs> I mean, that's a quick way to eliminate one of your opponent's best ways to score. And if you're not getting held to the fire of having to fire off attacks and go into that kind of, yeah. into the fire there. So you can understand why Seth didn't pull the trigger, because he had no real yeah. incentive to. Yeah, Seth didn't shoot once, did he? Negative. He did not. And, and Seth's not a guy. Well, Seth will let you in on his legs, very, very obviously. But he attacks, right? He's got really good offense. He shoots quite a bit. He shoots a lot, right? He's got a really nice yeah. single leg, actually. It's, he's he's kind of underrated, I think. Has underrated leg attacks, underrated speed to the, to the leg. But he's didn't, he wasn't able to get him off for, for whatever reason. Um, so yeah. I thought it was an All interesting right. match. Well, Post match piles. We got beef. Are we going? Are, 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 yeah. Well, so are we going? You enjoy this, or it's or it's really freaking petty. What are the two? I'm I'm kind of in the middle. Well, I don't um, think they know what we're talking about yet. We got to really well, tee it I'm up. I'm gonna lead them Okay. I'm gonna tee them up. All right. Well, so th there were teeth between Hawkeye Wrestling Club and Gilman this week because they were playing old Gilman highlights, which I I don't really know why they were doing that. Um, but then after after the right after the match, I mean we're, we're talking within minutes. They minutes. just posted pictures. Minutes, Spencer Lee, and I don't. They didn't even. Yeah, there we go. Oh, you got the tweet. Perfect. Look at this. Um, and then also Wisconsin Wrestling uh, Training Center or Wisconsin Regional Training Center posted uh, things that January twentieth we have a guy or I think that's what the what it said right. Yes. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I saw that this morning. So yeah, what do you think, not... petty or uh, you enjoy it? Well, I think the I think the first tweet is important context of of Gilman kind of saying, "Hey, use content from uh, your athletes to promote your program." Thanks, and then the the lion. So he sends this tweet, and predictably, Hawkeye Nation not not pleased. Like, man, you're a, you're a hawk. I mean, and literally, this played out with Tony a couple years before with Thomas. Yeah. He's kind of like. The enforcer, once a hawk, always a hawk, and blah blah blah. And you said yes. you said things about my family or whatever. That's my family. Now, a couple years later, it's Gilman on the outs and mm -hmm. chirping at his former program, and like clearly is all in. I mean, the lion emoji, right? So we've got more beef there. And then I think the here's the thing though. 
I, first of all, I don't think this is petty. Um, or I do think it, is, it was strange for the Hawkeye Wrestling Club to use a Gilman clip now. Um, certainly, I'm not saying he well, wasn't I mean, Hawkeye. It's just, it's just strange. What? But the other thing is, it's not like he left on good terms. It's not like, hey, you know what? Kyle Snyder left on relatively good terms from Ohio State. I'm sure no yep. one liked it, but it wasn't like they were talking a little bit trash on each other, right? Correct. Gil- Gilman did not leave under good terms. There was a lot of things said. And so for them to use it, and we're, we're talking, we're what? How much? How many months? Three months since Thomas Gilman left? Four months tops? Um, I mean, it's not like it's five years later. And kind of yeah. stuff's been, okay, whatever. You know, we were heated at the moment. No big deal. It's like, <laughs> this is fresh. This is so fresh. They got yeah. heat. Don't use these clips. It's simple. Yeah. So fre- um, I, th- I did think that was sort of, it was odd that they used it. Um, and then, you know, Gilman chirping back was just like kind of further validation that it's, it was not a, it was not a good breakup there. And then. No. You know, I always talk about like the sweet spot for like trash talk, but I think this is right in the wheelhouse, like where where it's uh, kind of fun in wrestling. So, Iowa or the Hawkeye Wrestling Club tweets the the Spencer Lee picture, and I feel like the um, the Hawkeye Wrestling Club whoever runs that Twitter was kind of thinking what I was thinking, which was I think Spencer Lee beats both of those guys soundly. I mean, I think you look. If, what happens if Spencer's in on a single leg half that many times against Seth Gross? It's not yeah, that that's not happening. A lot. He's he's scoring. He's converting those. And conversely, if if a Shin Wizard is all can shut down the entirety of Thomas Gilman's offense by and large, then it's going to be a really long day. So I I I they're feeling really good about their guy Spencer Lee. And after watching that match, I'm like, yeah, understand that. I feel like. Him or Dayton uh, are, are, are the guys right now. We'll see if that's the case, but especially Spencer, I think he matches up great against both those guys, and they're feeling they're feeling really good. Okay, Thomas, you chirped at us. Here's a little chirp back. We got this guy waiting for you. And there's also the unsaid. Whoever has whoever's sending these tweets, they know what was happening in the room, right? You have to figure. If, yeah, if, of course. Listen, if Thomas Gilman is beating the life out of Spencer Lee in the room and then leaves, they're not. I don't. I don't think. I don't think you send that tweet nope. if you're not feeling good. If if Thomas Gilman's getting the better of Spencer Lee, you're not gonna. You're not. You don't have a position of strength there. But if you know what was going on in that room mm-hmm. and you think Spencer Lee was getting the better of him, which has been theorized and theorized and maybe confirmed, then you're feeling good and you're like, you know Who what? Who confirmed it? Who confirmed it? I'm not saying it was confirmed, confirmed, but you know, people are people that know are saying it, right? Okay, so sure. they're feeling good about their guy, and I kind of understand it. And it's like a, a little little bar back, and uh, I think that's pretty interesting. I think there's a lot of things. Listen, I'm reading like nine layers deep into things that aren't said, but that was my my read on that one picture of Spencer Lee. How about that? Pictures can yeah. say a thousand no. words, especially when you're a big mouth like yeah. me. <laughs> I uh, I think you're right. They got to be frustrated. Hawkeye right. Wrestling Club has to be has frustrated with Gilman. I mean, Gilman is he's really like he's pretty effective at, at the trash talk in, in in ways that are like brutal, right? I mean, he 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 went on Bash's podcast and called the Hawkeye Wrestling Club a jobs program, and like and then oh, I didn't hear he, that. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then when he and then when he called them well, out, okay, 
Right. In fairness, they hired Jeremiah Moody and um, who's the other guy? Paul Glenn. Well, I think they work for the club more than they're like trying to. Uh, Paul Glenn's for sure like fundraising role, not yeah. wrestling. Moody has been yeah. wrestling. Yeah. So I mean, I, I no, I get the point, but like th- that's not something you want to hear from a former athlete. Um, and then and then yeah, and then the call out on Twitter. He's just like he's he's pretty he's pretty. Uh, laser focus accurate on his uh, trash talk. And so I think part of it's just, they're just celebrating seeing a guy have a little misfortune who, you know, who has gotten under their skin, um, which, you know, I can kind of understand too. But I, I think that for sure, like if, you know, they, they're very confident in Spencer and they probably have some for sure. in the room reasons to be. And I, I, man, I can't wait to see that match. Yeah. I mean, it's, <clears throat> the reality is it's not going to be a jobs program when, you know, Spencer, DeSanto, Marinelli, Kemmer. But now, graduate. Christian, now that's another year away. Yeah, we surmised so that that was going to be this May. Now, now that's that's May of 2022. How crazy is that? I know that is crazy, but uh, you know re- the reality is that that room is really really tough. And whether you slot guys on the Iowa wrestling team or the Hawkeye wrestling club, that yeah. room is is fire with with a lot of Great. talent. So, but specifically with you know who right. The, College athletes are getting the money in the, in the RTC side. The money's going to someone. Who knows? Maybe they, you know. We we surmised that they were they were saving up for this May, and now this May is now two Mays away. And uh-huh. so you know, I guess they're just going to build build up the fund, and then they're going to have it ready and deploy it. Invest in a little crypto, maybe Bitcoin. Well, listen, they did that. Hey, you never asked me the Bitcoin price tomorrow because yesterday morning you were, you know, you had a little big mouth. He said maybe it's going to be 19 tomorrow. Christian, ask me what the Bitcoin price is this morning. Uh, well, I'll ask you, then I'll get Bracky's uh, reading. But what do you Christian, got it at? Ask me, ask me. What's the Bitcoin 23,243. If, if you remember, just yesterday on the show, I was very happy because for the first time it broke 20,000. Yes. So we, we've been on a move. We've been on a little bit of a move. What are you? What are you getting at? Becky? I'm at I'm at twenty seven five right He's now. He's at twenty seven five for his. I'm sorry, Ben. My mine. You're still. You're doing great though. I've been mining the hills of West Virginia for yeah. Bitcoin. He has his own mine. <laughs> he converted an old old coal mine into a, a Bitcoin oh, mine. It's made, it's made all the difference. Get on now or get run over, Ben. Yeah. Hop on the <laughs> hop on the train. If you Kyle, if you if you have a Bitcoin mining company, I'm investing. Just send me send me the paperwork. All, All right. right, I'll send it over. Let's go. Just send them something. We'll work on something. We can split it. It'll be great. Okay, so that was that. 57 is going to be a fun storyline. The the Gilman Iowa beef. Is we were be talking about seeding yesterday. This just throws another wrench into well, it. Well, I th- if- I feel like it doesn't though. I mean, if it throws a wrench in that, we all just watched him beat Gilman, but. I don't think yeah. it counts. I don't think Christian it counts. Christian said it doesn't count, but I don't know if I believe Christian. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. But then, I could look well, okay. do you not count the do you not count all the matches at the RTC Cup last weekend? Do you not count beat the streets? Like do you really know that except count? they don't count? Why? I thought so. I they thought. should count. They're freaking they're freaking wrestling matches, Christian. I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Jeez. I'd count it all. I mean, okay. I'd count all the freestyle matches. Any common, I mean, especially common op- or uh, not common opponent, head to head. Like if they wrestled head-to-head. same way, oh, yeah. that, that should definitely count. Count it. I would understand Absolutely. if like a using a common opponent from a thing that was at plus three or whatever. But it's like Cologne beat Gross. That happened, right? That should yeah. that should count. Uh, so I mean, I, you I, have. I mean, honestly, with Christian, with no tournaments going on this year. 
these type of matches, whether it's the RTC Cup or one of these regional training center matches, this is the only place we're getting head-to-heads. So what you're going to say is, not not you, right, the seating right. committee, you're going to say, is, I am going to value matches that happened a year or more ago, right, because mm-hmm. we got shut down in <clears> – <throat> We got shut down in March of 2020. Those count more than these matches because these matches are pro matches. Like the the logic behind that is completely insane because if you're talking about matches that happened in after March of 2020, the senior nationals, most of the top guys didn't compete in. Um, And I don't know who's going to go to Mateo Pelicone, but it's probably not going to be a gigantic contingent. And even if they do go, the chances that they wrestle each other are not all that big. Right. Right. Um, I, I I think they should expand what they consider. I think it should count. It really, it really would. One thing, maybe an, an article idea is like, if we counted everything, how would how would it get seated? Right. If you count beat the streets, if yeah. you count you count the the pro card matches, where where would we be then? Because if we're talking March 2020 to April of 2021 when the trials happened, and we're not really counting. I mean, really, we're not counting anything. Right, because most of the best guys didn't did not go to senior nationals. As far as seating, as far as seating is concerned, counting stuff that is thirteen plus months ago is idiotic, in my opinion. I mean, I, I think about how much I changed in thirteen months from uh, two thousand seven to two thousand eight. It was it was immense. I mean, if, if you were taking my two thousand seven results, I would have been the six seed. Instead, I was the one seed. Right? I mean, it just do, it doesn't make sense. So I feel like you got to win the U.S. Open that year. You have to go and well, prove I, I'm it. Just, like, but I'm saying skill level, skill level. We know what happened. And I'm saying some of these guys, we, we not, we're not going to get to see it except for these pro matches. These pro, pro matches, we're going to see what's happening. But besides that, we're not going to get to see it. Yeah. No, I know. Uh, it's it's not good. It's, it's I mean, they're in a position where, I mean, I don't know. They have ironclad rules and procedures for everything. And then, you know, a freaking pandemic happens and shuts down your entire wrestling calendar and you're kind of left scrambling. So I kind of give a little lenience on, okay, this is maybe not ideal. But also they should have lenience on themselves and, and allow more, right? It'll be interesting. Yeah. Maybe we can we can work to, to learn a little bit more about what they will and won't count exactly. But I remember specifically them saying that <clears throat> Olymp- uh, this, if senior nationals, a USA senior nationals didn't count. If that doesn't count for seeding, how can you count these other things, right? Yeah, yeah. The USA I mean, Wrestling Tournament they're putting on, and now you're, we're going to count this thing at uh, in Wisconsin. Let's count, uh, hey Christian. Let's count this uh, eight man tomorrow. How about we count that for the? the I will count it for the one fifty uh, Olympic trials bracket. I will count it. One forty three. We so we talked about it. The three kilogram allowance. I think we're we're close enough to being within that. So close enough. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure P- Alec Pantelio would would appreciate that leniency on the, at the <laughs> Olympic trials. Yeah, plus three. Yeah, <laughs> right. Honor system, fellas. Okay. Hey. Well. So World Cup's been going on. Bray has been following it very very closely. Uh, I kind of want to kick it to him for the, for the highlights. Obviously, Team USA is not there, so we don't have as close hey, an eye on the competition. Can I ask one question before Bray goes? Please. So when they said World Cup, um, I thought, you know, World Cup, they usually invite six teams or eight teams. I thought that was what was happening. I clicked on a brag yesterday, and there was like 25 dudes in it. That <laughs> looks like a world championship to me. Why is it called the World Cup? I think I think they wanted to call it something else because they wanted to recognize 
this is not a world championships, world championships. I think they do, they want not to limit the prestige, but um, I don't know to preserve the authenticity and the greatness of the world UWW World Championships. You can't have something that doesn't have America in some of the bigger countries. I mean, what Japan's not go, didn't go right. No, I mean Japan is not there for women's wrestling. That is like you know. So I think they just wanted to call it something else. Yes, it's not technically a. Uh, World Cup like we're used to seeing, but I kind of get, or that's my assumption on how they landed on that name. Hey, could you guys put a link to the brackets of the doc? Because I'm... I'll do it right I now. Bray, Bray, get going on, on the highlights here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the big, one of some of the biggest questions in this whole World Cup are like, what do we learn about Russia heading into an Olympic year? And we're going to find out a lot later today. Um, 74 kilos, the final is Zamalov and Chimizo, <laughs> which is like... A really interesting match, you know, for, for those who don't remember, um, at Russian Nationals, Zamalov was the champ, uh, and not the champ was, of course, Sitikov. Sitikov, you know, you guys, you guys have talked about his, uh, his, his, his tragic, we- tragic wedding situation, and, uh, you know, is he, is he heartbroken or whatever, who knows, um, but the fact is, <laughs> he didn't win Russian Nationals, and so Zamalov gets the nod, and I, I think conventional wisdom said, whatever, this is not a world championships. It, it really doesn't matter that much what Zamalov does. Um, he's, you know, Sitikov's going to get, you know, a, a fair shake and, and whatever. But if Zamalov beats Chimizo today, that could, that could definitely change oh, yeah. the conversation, right? Around who's, who's going to, uh, you know, who gets the nod for Russia. So that match is super important. Zamalov and Chimizo both re- looked really, really good. Chimizo, Shimizo's been insane. He he looks really good. He's like he's like tooling guys up and like goofing on them. He's like he's like juking guys into step outs where they don't realize they're in the edge and he just points at the out of bounds. Um, he's he's looked great, <laughs> it, dude. He he has looked outstanding. So that that matchup uh, finals go down at noon Eastern. So um, I'm you know super interested in what happens at that match, uh, and that's really the one that matters at 74, uh, 65 kilos for Russia. Rashidov is out. Um, he was he drew Haji Aliyev first round again, and that was like the great paddle throwing, uh, you know, scandal of 2019 um, when they met in the first round of the World Championships last year. But they met again in the final or in the first round this year, and it lasted just a few seconds. Rashidov uh, or Aliyev goes for like a dump, switches to a single, uh, and Rashidov goes goes rubber knee defense and and. Um, in that scramble, he ends up getting his knee tweaked. You see him kind of tap the back of Aliyev. Aliyev gets to take down Gut Wrench, and then it's over. They just call it. And, uh, man, it sounds like the injury is not good. Uh, here's a clip from Instagram of Rashidov being <laughs> wheeled off in, like, a dolly. This is not, yeah. even, not even a wheelchair. What is this thing that he's, like— It's he, a hand truck. It's they, a hand they, truck. They, they threw Rashid off on a hand truck after hurting his knee. That's what Nomad said when we were, when we were texting this morning. He sent me this, and he's like, "Dude, look at this!" And this is <laughs> how shameful you got a world champ, and you're just hauling him out, you know, like in a in a wheelbarrow. Um, but, but look at this guy. But so, I mean, as, as as ridiculous as that as that wheelchair is, that huge question mark now for Russia at 65 kilos. If it's a really bad torn up knee. Yeah, you know. What does so that mean? why are we, why are we surmising that he's out, Bray? So I mean, those knee tweaks sometimes can be scary, but not be all that long. 
we don't know for sure that he's out, but coming out of the Russian camp, they're like on Russian Instagrams, Instagram accounts, they're saying it's not good. They're saying it's bad. And yeah, we don't know, right? They make it in there and find out that he'll be fine. But if he's not fine, this is a huge shakeup. I mean, Russia is going to be, is they're super deep at every weight, but 65, they're especially deep. Chikayev, I think Kozak has ranked like sixth in the world or something. And then um, their depth chart, Shirayev is, is really good if he can make the weight. They have freaking... Romanov, who is the Olympic champ in 2016, and he's like fourth on the depth chart. So yeah. they'll be fine. But Rashidov is, I mean, he's the world champ. He's the guy that that uh, has given a lot of people a lot of problems. So, um, you know, it would be a, a much bigger question for how not only the U.S. prospects would look, but the entire world, you know, would probably feel, feel a little different if Rashidov's out. So it's interesting. <clears throat> uh, yeah, barely, I don't know, important, important one there. Um, this is a crazy thing though. Russia has lost two matches in this event in men's freestyle. The only two matches they've lost are due to injury. So otherwise they're completely undefeated. Jeez. Yeah. It's, it's a total, you know, and this is like kind of why they can't call it a, an official world championships. Right. I mean, it's like, it's just the depth is not there. Um, but they've looked really outstanding. Uh, one other thing, probably really important for, for American fans, Stevan Micic, you know, he was in at 57 kilos and everyone was circling a quarterfinal that he was supposed to have with Ravi Kumar, who, who's from India is really super fun, 57 kilo to watch. Um, uh, but Ravi ended up, he was leading and was on top with like a leg in and ended up, the other guy had a whizzer and ended up getting like rolled through and pinned in around the 16. So Stevan had a really nice path to the finals. He won in the quarters. And then in the semis, uh, Stevan took a loss to, uh, I don't know how to say his name for sure. Hartun, Hartunian, um, Hartunian. Uh, of Armenia. So, so tough loss for Stevan, but he still gets the battle back for bronze. Uh, I really thought he was going to win that match and we'd get to see him against Yuguev in the finals, but um, he, he didn't. And so he's gonna he's gonna wrestle for bronze, but uh, yeah, I think those are probably the main the main highlights that uh, that American wrestling fans are interested in. What about Musakayev and Aliyev in the semis? You guys pumped for that or what? Yes, isn't Aliyev just gonna trash him? Because like Aliyev's super athletic too, and he's not like Musakayev who like is just a freak of nature athletically yeah. and technically. But I feel like he's gonna be able to match him in the first like ninety seconds, and Aliyev <laughs> can like go hard. So. I don't know. I yeah. feel like he's going to get destroyed. Maybe he gives up a takedown, but it's not like uh, a, a Yanni thing. Sure. Hey, so 74 kilograms, Israel. Is this Mitch Feinsilver from Duke? Yeah, Mitch yeah. Saw, yeah, Mitch Feinsilver. He got he got pulled back in. He lost his Amala first round uh, and got pulled back in, and then he ended up uh, losing in the repechage. But, uh, but yeah, Mitch, that's Mitch Feinsilver of Duke up at 74 oh, kilos. Okay. He's big. Uh, he, he, he fits there well. Now... Yeah, the Chimizo Zamala thing, it's as an American fan, it's like, what do I want to happen here? Do I want Zamalov to win and the chance that he would be the guy and, you know, get Sidikov out of the way, who's maybe the biggest threat? If Jordan's on the team, obviously he would be the biggest threat. It feels like Jordan has Chimizo pretty well figured out. Dake just beat Chimizo. But, you know, <laughs> I don't know what you want. Uh, what 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 is the best thing? And it really maybe it depends how good Zamalov is, right? Um, if he comes out and works Chimizo, it would be kind of freaking out. But also, if you're a Rush, the Russian Wrestling Federation, are you watching this match thinking this is the ultimate test? Or are you like 
Sidikov passed the ultimate test, which is beating Jordan twice in back-to-back years. Right. So, yeah. and they, they do not forget stuff like that. They do not, they factor in the full thing and how guys match up against the guys they know they have to beat. And maybe it's something where they, they're watching in April, they see who comes out. If date comes out at 74, it's like, okay, I mean, maybe it means one thing. And if Burroughs comes out, it's another. Uh, but they they factor in everything. They do it they do it a little differently from, from the United States. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. That was that's World Cup. Oh, one other thing. Okay. Desterbots, the guy from Argentina, he's down at sixty one kilos. The guy that pins Zane. He's a comeback machine. He's been losing like every single match today. <laughs> and now he's in the semis, this guy. He he's like Oh my goodness. You know, by all accounts, like his results are not that you know that good now he's beaten Zane uh and qualified for the qualified Argentina for the Olympics and and um and now oh. he's like going on this run so you know crazy he's doing it for yeah. for Maradona he really is another Argen- two couple Argentinian legends RIP hey so RIP. um this will get us into what US wrestling released yesterday but what do we think the chance that actually they're actually going to go to Italy are in January? Because I thought Italy was like locked down. Maybe I'm not up with the news, um, but that would be little, very literally one little less than one month from today. Yeah, I th- I have been pretty dubious that that's going to happen, uh, but nothing's been canceled. Maybe they're planning to go, but man, the idea of us going to Italy. I mean, we wouldn't. We didn't go to. Uh, where is it? Serbia? Serbia. We're going to go to Serbia in December. We'll go to Italy in January. I don't understand the difference because we'll need to send. They just look up. Italy's cases are going down, Christian. Okay. Good. But <laughs> what? Yeah, and I don't know that what the situation was in Serbia. I, I so I don't know. I I remain skeptical that that trip's going to happen, but I don't know. I wonder well, I if it happens. I wonder if like U.S. athletes representing the United States like get to the front of the line for vaccines or something, or at least the option. Then I wonder if that frees frees up the possibility. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It's probably like nurses, doctors, USA wrestling. That's what I, that's freestyle Greco Roman teams. <laughs> that's what I would do. Teachers, probably in like that order. That's how I would do it. I don't know where podcasters fall, but. We should be got to be up gotta, there. We gotta be in the top five, right? Yeah. What? We gotta be. A, we gotta be a top priority, man. What are you talking about, Ben? Think of how many po- podcasts you're in. Nine. I'm just. I'm, I'm hoping we're last. Yeah. Okay. You don't. Oh, I don't need a vaccine. He doesn't need a vaccine. Anti vaxxer Great. This is. That's good. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I, I didn't go that far <laughs> on this show. You're flirting with it. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we'll quickly get I, off that. Topic. I didn't want it, Christian. That's it. I don't yeah. want uh, Just say you're scared of shots so we can move on. Uh, all right. 150 is tomorrow, and stuff's going on. Re- wrestling is happening. Things are things are occurring. It's wonderful. And we're going to get into the 150 right freaking now. They're all here pretty much. Uh, Mike, if you haven't seen, uh, Flow Wrestling retweeted it, but Mike is, he got stuff with Ashnall and J.O. yesterday. He got sit-downs with oh, both yeah. of them. He got them working out. So check those out. J.O. is like down the way and ready. And that's like this big question coming into like every Jordan Oliver competition is like his weight's good. He's going to be really, really awesome. If his weight's out of control, seems like he's been down to weight. 
And really, that's kind of been the theme the last like year or so, going back to senior nationals in 19, when he 50 to zeroed the entire field. Uh, he looked good at Pelicone in a, in a loss to to Vajrang, who he could see it. So looks like he is he is definitely poised for a good run here. Astronaut looked great as well. So exciting stuff. Do we want to get into our predictions, or what? What are you interested in? Yeah, in we're making picks today. Let's we're do gonna it. make you guys do some push-ups because I'm winning. Last the the 195 tournament, I was I was about as bad as it could get. I think I got them all wrong because freaking <laughs> Gabe Dean got pinned, and um, I hold on, Sammy Brooks. You had Sammy, Sammy Brooks, Brooks winning it, uh, like making the finals. I had Sammy Brooks first Gabe Dean in the finals. It was terrible. Yeah. I, I think I got every match wrong. I was number place last. Last. <laughs> it was terrible. Dead last. Okay. So, first round, first match, we're going to have Bajrang Punya, the Indian legend, uh, three-time senior-level world medalist, against Pat Lugo of Iowa. Lugo, uh, Big Ten champion, was the one seed at NCAAs. He's very new to senior-level freestyle, but he is 2-0. and Undefeated. Uh, he is undefeated. His wins are <laughs> Luke Pletcher and who did Jake Paul post? Uh, Kaladzic. Kaladzic. So he'd be two two solid guys. So obviously we we seeded this. This was the one eight matchup, and, and rightly so. How much of a shot are you guys giving Badgering? What's the template here? How does he keep himself in this match? You mean Lugo? Yeah, I do that once a show at least. I just say the wrong name or something. Um. I think it's gonna be competitive. I think it's gonna be competitive, but I just don't really see a way that Bajrang loses this match. Letting um, Lugo keep it close, but I'm going Bajrang all the way. One thing that could help Lugo is, uh, you know, Bajrang is so good at counters and good at counters is like Lugo is pretty choosy when he attacks. And he's really good short yeah. offense. His his attacks when he goes are relatively safe, and he's a solid finisher. So. I think it's got to be, you've got to make it somehow a chess match with, with Bajrang. If it's a shootout, mm -hmm. it's like, he, he's going to win that. Bajrang is just so good. Yeah. Um, you know, can he get to his underhook? I think that'll be huge, a huge key for him as well. Mm -hmm. But at the end of it, I, I believe it will be Bajrang. Solidly. I don't, I don't know if he texts him, though. I don't know if he texts him, but I think he does win uh, handily. Yeah, I mean, you think about like an Iowa style hand fight, and like Bajrang does that, you know, as well as anybody in the world. Yep. Uh, so the, I mean, the pace, the things that you would normally, I don't know, think about as as ways to like mitigate in an international competitor, like that's not the template against Bajrang. And so, I mean, I think Lugo has to get him off the ground, um, you know, and then and that's maybe one of his best opportunities to score. But yeah, I agree. I think Bajrang to be too much in the end. Yep, ditto. All right, so we got Bajrang round one. Then uh, this is a changed match. This was going to be Henderson versus uh, McKenna. Now it's Ashnault versus Henderson after McKenna dropped out due to injury. We reseeded it. So this is the 4-5 matchup. And for Anthony Ashnault, you go from Jordan Oliver round one, who I think a lot of people are going to pick to win this tournament, to Evan Henderson, who I don't think many people are going to pick to win this tournament. So for Ashnault, you got to feel like you're getting uh, – I don't want to say a gift, but you're in a lot better position than you were like a week or so ago. Uh, who do you like in this match, Ben? 
Uh, I'm going to go with Anthony Ashnell. I think he's going to have a size advantage, and I, I was impressed with him at the 2019 trials. Um, obviously, the injury, so I, I don't think we've seen him a whole bunch since then, but uh, I'm going with Anthony. Anthony, I... Have we seen him since then? Am I wrong? We haven't since seen him much, right? He won Pan Ams. Uh, yes. 70. Yes, right before. He was hitting roll-through tilts like it was... Team Diesel at Disney Duels, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. Um, <laughs> I remember, dude. I used to tear those matches up. Okay? I thought, I thought Marshall Pepperman was gonna be like a four-time champ, just based on Disney Duels footage. Uh, okay, I've got. I, listen, I think this is. I think people are are being a little dismissive of Henderson here. I think Henderson's counter offense, the stuff he can do when guys are on his legs is, is really impressive. And Ashnell's a guy that's going to attack the, his dangerous side. Uh, Ashnell can also attack both sides really well. I think I'm still going to go with Ashnell, but I am not, I'm not writing off Evan Henderson in this match. I think he's got underrated offense. I think he's got excellent defense. And I don't think size will be a factor here, actually. I think they're both going to be well-sized. I mean... I think Evans on the big side for for 65 as is Ashnall. Not going to be a fun day when they get down to 65 scratch. I've got Ashnall. I think this is a barn burner. I think it's really tight. I man, when when JD Raider asked me for picks, he's writing a prediction article. I, I said Ashnall. I'm sticking with the Ashnall pick. But yeah, the man, Evan Henderson is is somebody that makes me as nervous about a pick as possible. And I think I mean he's always been good. But one thing that that he's improved since going to Cornell and working with Mike Gray is his ability to game plan for an opponent. And he, I mean, he's, he said after that Jamendia match that, that he's like, that Mike especially has like unlocked for him, like this new, some new elements of strategy and, and like game plan and just figuring out how to implement a, you know, a game plan for an opponent without like that getting in his head. And, uh, and so I, I don't know, I, I'm just, I, he's one guy that I feel like his has uh, I don't know risen in like just my perception of him since he's gotten to Cornell and so I'm very very curious about this but yeah I do think Ashnault has there's a lot of different ways to score and uh, and I'm, I'm picking him. Uh, it's not to be mob and he uh, for what's worth he says he's going to tech Evan Henderson. Oh, hmm. so. he did. Yeah, he said I that. I love uh, a little track. Um. On the interview Mike got with him yesterday, you can find those in the event hub for the thing. But uh, yeah, he says he's going to tech him. Well, and uh, who am I to go against Snalty? He had said he said even if Henderson goes up eight zero, he's going to tech him. All right. Wow. <laughs> oh. I, Wait. So do we try. all pick Ashnault? Everyone did, right? We all picked Ashnault. Okay. All right. Here. This. Hey, this is. Did a, you see? Did you see the Alira's tweets? He he is not happy with you, gentlemen. Listen. <laughs> I mean, we're what, going what off what I... happened last year. So <laughs> let's have a let's have a frank conversation about what happened. We were. I was sounding the horn. I was all about it. I call this guy a title contender. The, I, the last thing I can be called is forgetful when it comes to Andrew Ramirez. It's just <laughs> the facts are the facts. Change, uh, prove us wrong. Prove us wrong, please. Prove us wrong. I would, dude, I would love it. It would be great. I love Alirez. I think he might, man. He, a, I do too. He didn't have the he didn't have the benefit of a you know of a, of a redshirt year, where, you know, where he could have made those improvements. I mean, he they rolled him out right away, and uh, I I don't know. I really think he's going to make a big jump this year, but we'll find. I guess we'll find out. Well, yeah, sorry, we'll never know. Very pop. No, good. I I wanted to bring that up. I'm glad that you remembered. Uh, I'm glad you remembered, Ben. 
Okay, next one. This is a crazy one. J.O. versus Alec Pantelli. We touched on this a little bit after the bracket got adjusted. Man, Pantelio, I, th I think there's a lot of, I think there's two dark horses. I think there's three kind of safer picks that a lot of people think are going to win. It's Bajrang, J.O., and Green. And I think there's two dark horses that I think are real threats to make a deep run, if not even win it. And it's Ashnault and Pantelio. And I do think that the worst matchup for Alec is probably Jordan. I think he'd match up better with Green and maybe even Bajrang. Maybe not. Yeah, but J.O. I think is just a little too slick. <clears throat> a little too slick. I think in a, a, another spot in the bracket, maybe maybe Pantelio goes on a run and someone takes out J.O. and then he's the winner. But I just don't see it. I think J.O. gets it done here. And I think the slickness versus the physicality. Here's the thing. J.O. is really big and strong and fast too. So it's like a lot of Alex's biggest strengths are somewhat negated, and then you have maybe the best technician in the field. I don't know, maybe Jo. So I'm going. Uh, I'm going Jo over Alec. Um, man, I really want to pick Alec Pantelio because I think he can match the athleticism of of um, do it, dude. Jordan, what? You want Go me ahead. pick it? Yeah, get last no, again. No, I'm not. I'm going Oliver. <laughs> I'm going to try to reverse jinx you into getting last. Well, in. We're all doing the same pick. So at this, at this point, we're all tied, no matter what happens. We're all tied. All tied. I'm going to Oliver. Everyone's going J.O. here? We're all on J.O. Yeah. Let's... I, I, I think the, I mean, one of the biggest questions was, because we saw Pantaleo at basically this weight, and he looked really good. And then, yeah, that question was about Jordan. Is, how's he done at the weight? And now that we're hearing, like, he's – locked in and he's on it's like it's tough to pick against him which is how good he looked last year at at Farrell and and uh senior nationals and even Matteo Pelicone in a loss to Bajrang he looked super good so I yeah I'm going Oliver all right which brings us to the last match of round one Bryce Meredith versus James Green skinny Bryce versus or skinny James versus uh, thick, Bryce. thick Bryce so uh we'll see this will be Three, maybe four hours off the scale by the time this match happens. So a little time to adjust. Not a ton. You're still probably not going to be feeling great if you're James Green. You have to imagine, right? But at, at the end of it, I, I don't think Bryce... I just am having a hard time seeing Bryce locking his hands on on James Green's leg and finishing any sort of attack. Like, how does he, does he do that? There's a Maybe there's a chance... James gets up on a single and Bryce out like scrambles him in something, but I just I just don't see it. I think James shuts it down. I think it's a good matchup for James and he gets it done. Yeah, I I don't see it. I I mean the the one I referenced last week when we talked about this match was uh, Bryce Meredith had just lost to Seth Gross. You know, and Seth Gross I think he wrestled sixty kilograms last night. Um, I just don't see him being able to get the job done against James. I think it's fairly one-sided. Uh, James Green. Did you guys hear? I like, I like, yeah, James Green for sure. But I, I love Bryce's approach. Did you guys hear him um, on the Bader show? Like, compare this event to to rodeo. He like made this rodeo uh, reference in oh, no. uh, classic Wyoming thing. Yeah, he's like. He talked. He talk, he's, he's a Wyoming big guy, rodeo guy. Wyoming guy. He talked about like how this is basically like you know these bull riders and these dudes that show up at a rodeo. You're not guaranteed anything unless you you know 
saddle up this freaking, you know, this bull. And, and that's like the approach that he has to wrestling James Green. He's like, yeah, I mean, I'm showing, I'm showing up, I'm getting paid a little bit, but I don't, you know, I'm, I'm going to embrace this as like a massive challenge. And like, I know what I got to do to try to win the money. I, I just love that dude. He's fearless. I, I don't think he's going to win, but uh, I love it as approach. <laughs> I'll see if he can go 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. Yeah. <laughs> a bull's blood, Dustin Mudd, roar uh, the Friday crowd. I think I, I bet this is a closed match going into the second period, and then James Green gets a lace, bust it open. I could definitely Ooh. see that. I think it probably will be close early. Okay, which means the semis are set, and these dudes are in the money. Uh, first, first, if you win a match, you guarantee like $4,000 more at minimum. If you can't, you can see the payouts. You're all very, you can read, but if you're listening in your car. But can they do math? Well, I can't. That's a great uh, question. So I can't, so I'm relying on you guys to do this yeah. for me. Yeah. But the only math uh, Bracky can do is blockchain crypto Correct. Uh, calculations. Yes. He's good at that. But other yeah. than that, it's a very specific mathematical mind. Uh, um, so yeah, 25,000 to the winner, 15 second, 10 third, five to fourth. And one grand um, as your lovely parting gift if you go zero and one here. So um, a lot on the line here, more than just uh, more than just pride, a little bit of cash. So the first <laughs> semi, Bajrang versus Ashnal, not a match I w ever really considered until you know we we created this field, and I I just I just can't pick against Ashnal or against Bajrang, but deep down I I really feel like. Uh, Ashnal could surprise here and make this close. I think he's going to score offensive points. I think he's going to get – I think his ankle pick is really good. I'm pretty sure that's one of the ways J.O. took down Bajrang when they wrestled. Uh, J.O. has like 60 really reliable takedowns, but that was the one he used. And I think that's a good template to finish because it's a quick attack. It's relatively low risk, I would say, and – you can finish it quickly, no funny business. You don't have to worry about the spin around and all the different stuff that Bajrang does well. So I could see Ashnal getting two, but he's going to need – I mean, how many points do you think you need to beat Bajrang here? You get, it's got to be – got to have at least eight. five. You say eight. eight. I think five. I think, you, I think you have to have at least five. Eight's a really high number. You're, you're basically – What did Ashnal – if Ashnal talking trash about everyone, what did he say about Bajrang? I don't know. I haven't got to hear it yet. Because someone said in the chat that he said that Ashnault said James Green was scared of 74 kilograms. He did say that. He did say that. He said that on the Bader show he, last he's week. He's busting everybody up. He is. Yeah. He's, he, he's indiscriminate in his trash talk. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he did say that, but, um, yeah. All right. So, I'm going Bajrang. I do think this is a little more competitive than maybe people will think, but I'm going with Tony. All right. I'm going for it. Let's go, Chanel TB Mobbin. I'm oh! cheering. I'm cheering. All the way. Going back to Let's back. go. Yep. Oh, I love it. What, give, me, give me the reason. Kind of uh, envision how, how the match needs uh, to go. You know what? I, I don't really have a good reason. If I'm going to go by uh, common logic, I would probably pick Bajrang. Um, but it's one of those things. And like when you look at the NCAA brackets every year, you say, I know. I know some three and four seeds are going to lose, but every one of these matchups I look, I don't see it. It doesn't make sense. But it's good. But there is going to be a big upset somewhere in this field. So that that's where I'm coming from. Uh, I'm going to go Anthony Ashnall over Bajran Punya. 
Wow. So Askren's got Ashnault. Uh, David Bray, what are you thinking? I got Bajrang. I, I do I do think it will be close because, I don't know, the, the guys who Ashnault struggle with in the past are like, well, he hasn't had that many freestyle results, so it's it's hard to say 100%. But that that transition that, you know, that James Green take down to Lace, like that kind of a transition, I think it, it poses like the biggest kind of a threat. And that's, you don't see Bajrang do that kind of stuff too often. He has, I think he has solid parterre offense, but it's not like this huge threat. Um, this so, is another way, like Bajrang's very American. It's like, it's takedowns, yeah. it's step outs. It's just like, the very, it's not like you're getting on this wizarded transitions or gut wrenches, right? Yeah. We got some guys that are good on top, but he's just doing it with with neutral offense. Yeah, so that's where I think like Ashnall. I mean, man, going back and looking at Bajrang's results against Americans, he he's beaten a whole lot of Americans, but so many of the matches have been very very close. So it, it makes me think this is another close one. But I just cannot, I can't pick against Bajrang. I can't do it. I'm not gonna do it either. This will be a close match. Ooh. He wrestles Americans really close. I thought I thought Bracky was was would do it. I thought about it. I, I knew um, you thought about have, it. I think the Zane match was like three two. McKenna was four two and tied late. Uh, Ashnall can keep this close and be within striking distance. I just don't know if he'll be able to finish the takedown or get the step out that he needs late to to pull it out. In 2016, we we had a. Uh, you know, Molinero made the team just basically out of nowhere, out of the nine. I feel like Ashnold has some of those sort of qualities. I feel like he's he's going to be fearless at, when, when the trials come around. He's going to be a massive underdog. I don't think anyone's going to pick him. But I think he's one of those guys that's going to be in a lot of the matches. I think athletically, I think offensively, he has a um, he's pretty he's pretty unique in this field. So he's someone. I feel like you just got to keep a side on him. He's a, he's not entered the the Yanni Zane Jo conversation yet? I mean, this could do a lot for for changing the conversation, but he he is one of those guys. As we once those brackets come out, we're gonna look like who's the guy that can pull them all narrow. If there is someone that's gonna do it, he's one of those guys for me that I think has the chance. And there's really only a few weights where that can actually happen. Like it's just not happening at 74. It's not happening at 97. Period. Uh, so, I don't know, something something to think about and something that, as it's an Olympic year, again, something I'm going to be thinking about and we're going to be discussing here for a while. Maybe after he wins his bracket, he's not going to be as much of a dark horse. You're right, and that's 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 true. It could change the conversation completely. I mean, if Ashton wins this, he's unquestionably on the short list, right? He's, I mean, because yeah. J.O. is here. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Bodring is... Henderson is gonna be what Henderson's probably gonna be a five seed at Ish. this weight class five to eight seed probably you think that low potentially yeah I mean okay Zane Yanni J.O. McKenna um uh Alirez didn't McKenna just lose it oh they're not they're not freaking counting the senior nationals yeah good point good point so but McKenna lost to Alirez so the the rankings isn't qualified for the trials. counting that. That's oh so dumb. Senior national champs should have qualified, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Why did they not count the senior nationals? It's freaking. Well, I think now he's gonna make me mad. The domestic rankings right now: um, Zane, Jo, Yanni, Liras, McKenna, Nickley, Henderson, Ironman, Yaya Thomas, Matt Klodzik. So he's like they're not, but they're not counting senior nationals. So how about you got to take Liras out of there because he's not even qualified. 
Yeah, these rankings. And are even if he qualifies, his his amazing performance at senior nationals won't count for seeding, right? Yeah, oh I, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, oh, oh man, geez. that's dumb. It's a mess. Okay. <laughs> the bottom bottom uh, semi. Catch your brooms. I've been delaying making this prediction for some time now. I haven't wanted to do it because I don't really know. My the conventional wisdom is. James Green is 2 and 0 against Jordan Oliver. He uh, he is significantly more accomplished and we know that James can wrestle at 150 pounds cuz we just watched it 2 weeks ago. But, but I don't I'm picking Jordan Oliver. I'm not sure I'm why. I'm picking Jordan Oliver too. I don't know why cuz you're trying to say James did great at 50 at 70 kilograms or not 70. 150, whatever the hell weight they did at the RTC Cup. But I, I will push back and say James didn't have a great weekend. He lost to Yanni twice. Mm-hmm. He, he was a 4 forward with Echemendia, losing 4 forward with Echemendia with 30 seconds left. Um, James struggles when he gets under 154 pounds. If this is 154 pounds, I feel completely differently. Yes. It's 150. James struggles with 150. He really does. I, and I don't know what it is. It's just too small for him. If this Again, if this tournament is 70, uh, 70 kilograms and not – Will be 68 ish. I'm probably going to pick James Green out of this field, but he's not the same guy. I'm, I'm picking Jordan Oliver. So I understand that. But here's the other thing one, Yanni Tech JO. James lost by once. criteria twice. Okay, once. Yeah, but most recently, Yanni lost to McKenna and, and, and JO Tech to McKenna 10 0. That's true. There's, there's their point counterpoint. Point counterpoint. Wow. Attack, reattack. So, but. I guess I say that, I bring that up to say, was he really struggling at the 150? Because when I watched it, I, I, here's the thing, Ben. When I watched it, I was like, this does not look like the same guy. This does not look like the yeah. best version of James Green. I felt that. Like, I'm with you. But then the results are the results. And the results, losing to Yanni by criteria twice, that's not a bad result. And if Yanni were yeah, in this, if, if Yanni were in this field right now, Ben, I bet some yeah. of us would pick him to win the whole thing, including you. If it was at one fifty, but if it's at one, if it's at seventy kilograms, I'm not picking Yanni over James Green. It's James Green's different at that weight class. All right, and I agree, I agree, but at the same time, I you think the Oliver, res- you agreed with me. I know, but I think the results are incongruent with our assessments too. Big words, morning. Hmm. Congruence. Incongruent. Incongruent. That's right. Uncongruent. Uncongruent. <laughs> we gotta tell the story. I'm gonna tell this story. I'm what? gonna I'm gonna remove names to protect the innocent. But we were at Big Twelves one year and some conference tournament. a conference tournament. There are a lot of teams in the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's why I said it. Yeah. It wasn't like the old Big Twelve that Ben wrestled in with three teams. Um it's, this is the, this is a ju- <laughs> Greatest conference ever existed. Since 2000. <laughs> hey, we're gonna get that Roberts guy on FRL one time. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna straight blindside <laughs> you, Jake Burrow style. We're just gonna have him loaded up to talk what, all his trash. What's he gonna What's he gonna say? Yeah, I stole my ass off. You couldn't score points on me. Well, it clearly still bothers you, so he's yeah. just gonna hang that over it your head. Freaking West Roberts! <laughs> I couldn't bonus freaking West Roberts and. He couldn't even win nationals. He barely had a 500 record. He couldn't even win nationals. He couldn't even he win nationals. Can you imagine what Ben says I when we're not in the room? I, I would have freaking 
bonus. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He couldn't even place it nationals. I would have freaking what a bonus every single match. I would have been the first wrestler. I would have been the first wrestler in NCAA history to bonus every single match if it wasn't for freaking Wes Roberts. Dang it, Wes. Ruined my life. <laughs> I can tell. You're wearing you, Russian you, propaganda you, now. You've had a pretty terrible life since then. <laughs> yeah. It's really been West downhill Roberts. since then. Ah, I would have bonus every match. It wasn't for effing Wes Roberts. Yeah. Freaking <laughs> Wes. God. Ben is right. a hard life, guys. Oh. I'm going to tell you uh, that right now. Let's go. So, right. Big 12 story. Big 12 story. We're watching, we're watching a match, and a coach is mad at a ref. And uh, what was the Oh, yeah. He just – someone else tell it. I'm struggling here. He was he was mad about edge stall calls, which, as we know, are very inconsistent, and you don't know what the ref's going to do. And he, this is very quiet. Is in a wrestle background. Uh, most of the fans had left. I, I believe this was the year Oklahoma State put all ten wrestlers in the finals. They did that, and they have a huge contingency there. So when the wrestle backs were saying going it on, wasn't John Smith because they didn't have anyone in the wrestle. All right, we're down to just, okay, we're yeah, down now, to nineteen teams. Yeah, so it wasn't John Smith, and. This, this they don't. I don't think they called stalling in favor of this coach's wrestler, and you just hear inconsistent, <laughs> just like really loud. No. No. <laughs> we were, we were dying. We were, and we was like right in. Front. We were all there on press row, and we were yeah. just like <laughs> dying laughing. It was like one of those things where everything oh. got really quiet, and you just hear inconsistent. <laughs> it was really funny. So and is he, he told, one of the type of coaches that he could like laugh at himself over saying that, or would he like get mad at you I, if well, uh, you know you? I would. I assume the best of everyone. Maybe he could, but I just don't know him, him or her like that. Or her. I don't want to eliminate. Or a woman, female coach in the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's the joke. About? That's the joke, Ben. <laughs> I told well you, done. I got Asperger's. Sometimes I don't get jokes. <laughs> that's a pretty I have bad a problem. With that's a bad literal. riff there, and. Um, then afterwards, wasn't he getting? He wasn't like yelling at the guy. But he's like, he told him, he told him, you're not good enough to not wrestle. Or what did he say? <laughs> he had some really funny way of basically saying you have to wrestle the whole time because you're not talented. Hey Ben, so uh, Tyler found this article um, from oh. Rock M Nation. Ooh, um, that's me too. Uh huh. Okay, so, the, so the, oh. the it was an article uh, asking you about Wes Roberts. So <laughs> no, it wasn't. So your tournament oh. in 2006, junior year, your first day at nationals, you won a couple of decisions. It wasn't a disappointment, but the standard was high enough that it was noticeable that you weren't hitting that standard. And you said, the funny thing about that is I only had four decisions my junior year, and three of them were to Wes Roberts. <laughs> For whatever reason, I could not kick Wes Roberts' ass. <laughs> <laughs> I could beat him every time, but he was going to stall and keep it close. So that was one. That's funny. And then you tell the breakfast story. You told the breakfast I, story. I'm, I'm not lying. I'm telling you guys the truth. You said, so I was feeling it, man. I won 9-2, but obviously I wanted to pin him. And then I had Wes Roberts, one guy who was a thorn in my side that year. He never threatened to beat me, but I beat him by 4 or 3-3 and three or something like that. Yeah. You were a breakfast burrito away from bonusing everyone. A breakfast burrito and Wes Roberts away from being the first person in NCAA history to bonus every single person. Son of a gun. <laughs> Son of one gun. Freaking Wes Roberts. What do you think Wes Roberts is doing right now? Laughing at me? Yes. Yeah. Laughing. He got the last <laughs> laugh in all of this. Okay. So I got J.O. Ben's got J.O. I got James Green. Oh. 
Crazy. The thing is, like, James Green, you th I mean, the matches that he had with Oliver previously, he, he James is not a guy who, who needs, obviously he needs pace, he needs to feel good at the weight, but he needs one or two takedowns in in many of his matches including the matches that he had with jordan oliver um, i think he ended up with like a takedown and a couple step out something like that in those matches i think the scores were like four four three five four something like that and so i i don't feel like he needs to be in this like crazy gunslinging match where he has like every ounce of juice to win i think mm -hmm. he i think he can he can win it with two takedowns or with a takedown and a couple step outs and and so i i just i like the you know, looking at the history and, and the way these two guys have, have competed in the past. And I'm, I'm going with the, with the results that we've seen. I know it's four years later, but I, man, a lot of these guys, like they're very, they're pretty similar year over year. And, and I think James is, is similar and has improved. And I think Jordan's similar has improved. And so I'm, I'm going with the results I have. I'm going with James Green. Dang. Steve. Box, Steve, I I'm trying to find Wes Roberts, <laughs> and I found this person. We're doing an alien hour on finding. Does Wes not Roberts. look like Wes Roberts, but anyways, um, <laughs> just wait. Seems like way too old for what I think Wes Roberts would be. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I'm taking Jordan Oliver. Dang. Okay. He, hey, did he, I say Wes Roberts I, was vice president of the BOK Center? What does that say? BOK Financial, oh. which could check out because that, that is, out. It's possible cause that it's is a Tulsa, Oklahoma thing, right? So I'm, I might be close. We're, we're, he's on the hunt. Okay. So, uh, wait, so I thought Bray actually made a really good point about, you know, James Green and how he looks different. But, you know, if he doesn't Baj rank, it's obviously going to be a very high-paced match, uh, which, you know, if, if our, what we're saying about the weight cut checks out, that would be much more difficult. J.O. is going to be a very measured match. So, uh, and that was kind of something I was thinking also, but I did obviously go with Oliver. Okie doke. He's out on a limb. He's out on the limb. All right. So, um, my final is Bajrang versus J.O. And we've seen this twice. The first time, J.O. got gassed out really, really bad. Got super tired. Um, might have been, I think it was his first time down at 65 in. I was like off suspension and so it had been a long time and he was in the match and then he just got so tired and he got his foot stepped on like 56 times. Bajrang's got this crazy foot stop sing stomp single a la Reza Yazdani. Anyway, and then we saw the last one. It was pretty controversial, really. It was J.O. in on the shot as we showed you, I think the last show or two shows ago and Bajrang rolled him over and held him on his back for like a minute and a half. J.O. was really, really close. I think he gets over the hump this time. I think J.O. beats Bajrang for the 25K. I have a pretty, typically, like a good read on, like there's some wrestlers where like, I feel like I'm good at predicting how they're going to do. Like, and how, when they're going to do well. I picked him to win the, the U.S. Open when he went through Molinero and Zane that one year, even though the Zane match was crazy. But then he beat Molinero. Then... Picked him to win the uh, Senior Nationals last year. So I feel like I get a good read on J.O., kind of where he's at. I feel similarly this time. I think he's going to win. I feel pretty good about it, considering I'm picking him to beat a grand total of, like, five world medals and Pantelio. Like, that's the – I that has to be the toughest possible draw, right? Yeah. Unless, like, uh... unless, unless Meredith beats <laughs> – Unless Meredith beats yeah, Green. Be 
you know, but like and then Oliver top, and then Bajrak. Yeah. Uh, so I'm picking right, Jo. I'm going Ash all over Jo in the finals. Oh my wow. gosh, he's really going Jolly for it. Robert taking all the 25k home to New Jersey, and he's he's going to grab the dollar bills after he wins. He's going to throw them up in the air. Dang, mob ties to Ben Askren. Didn't, didn't he say he wants to buy a Tesla? Yeah, he might need a, he nice. might need to enter the next one then too. <laughs> I think he was talking about. He could put down. He, he could put a down payment on it. Okay, uh, David. So I have I have Bajrang and Green in the finals, and and this is a match like Ben alluded to, where I think Green would need every ounce of energy that he, that he could possibly muster, and and Bajrang's pace is just going to be insane. So I think it's a close match. I think Bajrang ends up getting the win, and so I've got Bajrang taking home the twenty five thousand and converting that into um, some other currency uh, in in India. I don't know the currency, know, the yeah. exchange rate. Rupee, 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 rupees. It's not good. He should probably just buy Bitcoin. Yeah, he could get one. Of, he could get one get of yours. Bracky coin. He get one of yours or most of one of Bracky's. Yeah, a Bracky buck. Yeah, he should get Bracky buck. Mine straight from the hills of West Virginia. Um, I'm gonna take Bajrang over Oliver and another nail biter. Ooh. One point match. Man, so do we all have different champs? I have we, both, we both have Bajrang. You both have Bajrang. I got Ashley. I got J.O. We all have different. Now we do need to do, we should do third place as well. Oh, that's right. Um, what, what, can I ask one question to Kyle first? Yeah. Um, no. Which currency has more value, a Bracky Buck or a Shoot Buck? Oh, Bracky Buck Bracky for bucks. sure. I just told you we're at 27.5. They're at 27.5 and, cl- and <laughs> climbing. <laughs> what, what are Shoot Bucks at now? Off. I mean, you can't so, even uh, get those on most exchanges. Yeah, it's off. It's off yeah. the books. Wow. Uh, okay. That's deep web stuff. All right. So now we got to do third place, and I have to do. So my third place is going to be Ashnall versus James Green. Green. Oh snap! Um, I think James gets a measure of uh, not revenge because he's already beaten him, but. Skinny, skinny James will be less skinny at this point. We'll probably have five or six hours post weigh-in now, and I think he gets it done. I think Ashnall is just gonna have a hard time getting to him. Now it could be it'll be James's third match in a short period of time. He could be tired. He could be fatigued from that much wrestling after the weight cut, and maybe Ashnall can utilize pace and a lot of attacks. But like their beat the streets match, and uh, when they hit at the trials, it was. It was kind of all James. So I have a hard time thinking Ashnall's going to be able to like completely turn the tides there, but maybe, you know, again, Etchemendia was right there to do it is the other side of that coin. Um, this could, this could be uh this could be the final for all we know, but I've, I've got it for third. Yeah. I've got James getting third place. I got Bajrang over James Green for third place for the same reasons that David Ray stated. There it is. Um, I have, right. I have Jordan Oliver over Ashnault for third. I think it's a, a really, really fun match, but I think, um, I don't know, Jordan's just got a, a, a slight bit of quickness advantage, and um, I think he I think he wins. I have Green over Ashnault for third. Nice. Okay. So there. It's really funny because I, uh, I have Ashnault winning, I have Green in fourth place, but if I had them matching up, I would pick James Green because I just feel like that matchup works for him yes is that funny how that works magic no property it's awesome 
I think it's funny how like I think we were almost identical in round one, and then we all we all we all took different paths afterwards. So a lot of different opinions uh, on this one. Going to be incredible night starts tomorrow at seven p.m. Central, eight Eastern. We're supposed to use Eastern times. East Coast bias here at Flow Sports. Forget them. We're here in Texas. Yeah. Hey, are, are we on questions? Because Dylan Joshua in the chat has probably the best question of the day, so I want to start with that. It's a, hold on. Before we get to questions, <clears throat> a lot of breaking news while we were on the show. Uh-oh. Um, Russia remains um, banned from the next two Olympics. Uh, they will have to compete under Independent the, flag? Yeah. Really? The next two. So we're talking Tokyo and Paris. Or yes. is Tokyo or, or, is or it, the summer or winter. So it was a Swiss-based court a panel of three arbiters held a four-day hearing last month to consider the Russian anti-doping agency's appeal of WADA's ban. Uh, the court ruling means that Russia won't formally have any presence, no name, no flag, no anthem at the Tokyo Olympics next summer or the 2022 Winter Games. So Winter Olympics, oh, not next like summer. summer um, it's also barred. For most major international competitions through 2022, included FIFA's World Cup, the Youth Olympic Games, Paralympics. Uh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's Freaking an interesting cheater. Thing. Yeah. I, I, uh, this I actually... wear my Drago shirt in shame now. <laughs> shame on you. Shame on you for wearing that. <laughs> Drago a... would have never taken uh, performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally on camera. <laughs> yeah, we have, that's one of the rare instances we actually have the footage. Um, we, need, we need Grigory Rodchenkov to like blow that one wide open. They he was just kind of into it. So it, that's interesting <laughs> because I mean, what does that mean? Um, not much because we should still have all the Russians there for wrestling. If the wrestling tournament just means they well, so, have... uh, should it, Russia gets to qualify a team, but they just don't get to have the flag, or do they have to somehow qualify independently? That that's what I'm saying. Like, if yeah. if, if you can qual if you can go as an Olympic athlete from Russia and and you like you don't have to qualify, then why wouldn't like they just send eight guys or something? You know, like why wouldn't like if you well, if there's you can, a limited there's a limited field, right? I'm Isn't saying there? like go, so yeah, there is there is, but like if, if you if you don't have to represent a nation, why couldn't you go through the like the I know I know you can't. But technically, why why wouldn't you be allowed to go through the qualifying yeah. procedures? Whatever, like this is this seems like it sets a precedent where they should have to somebody re-qualify can make all the weights. Ooh, there we go. Because now it'd be really hard um, because there's no world championships prior to that. But so yeah, so like who determines who they send to uh, the Euros? Right? Is it the Russian Wrestling Federation? So it is. So they're still in charge of everything. It's yes. just they just can't use the flag. Correct. Or the song. They're Olympic athletes from Russia, so I think their penalty, if anybody wins, they got to play like an OAR song on the podium. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this this town. They have to stand up there and listen to this town in its entirety. That's a deep cut there. Wow. Um, That would be interesting. I mean, I kind of waver back and forth with like Russia's involvement in the games. It's it's, uh, on the one hand – you know, you don't want some kind of a, well, he won this Olympics where there wasn't Russia, right? And on the other hand, it's like, well, they're, they are like sort of all cheaters, cheaters. right? All and so at that time, I don't want cheaters involved. And if cheaters are in, they can win. And I don't want a cheater to win. So it really is, is, 
it's tough for me to like say like what I actually want to happen. But I think deep down, I'm like, Do you, what you I really want, want to happen, that. Christian, is you want Russia not to cheat. But that just ain't gonna happen. <laughs> that is, I guess, uh, my pie in the sky ideal that they would uh, not cheat. But you want them to have honesty and integrity. Russia and gonna Russia. Thing. Yes. Yes. So, uh, right, can I, can I good, good question news, or what? I'm so yeah, excited. Yeah, please. You're, 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 I can't wait. Dylan Joshua says, unrelated roofer question. FRL, uh, it is known that Kentucky Mudflap owns a roofing company in Iowa. <laughs> That's true. Is it possible he wrestled at the U.S. Open without us knowing it's him? And I thought that was a great question because I'm sure you have an outstanding take on it. Well, yeah, and it's something we've been talking. We've been talking about roofers entering the U.S. Open for some time. All various tradesmen, blacksmith, carpenters, roofers. Um, it would be the perfect disguise because there are so many. The roofers love to enter these tournaments. They have no shot at winning or winning a match. They put their life on the line just to say, "Hey, man, I wrestled in a tournament." <laughs> I think that I think the flap would do it, especially 2019. It was in Coralville. You gotta assume he and the and the the Caballeros were, you know, hanging around. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I see it happening. Man, <laughs> if he was there, I think I know which guy it was. I'm going to try to find him. <laughs> <laughs> We've identified the notorious. So if you don't know who Kentucky Mudflap is. Christian, you're a, you're a message boarder. Historic. Who do you think it is for real? Oh, so there's like a, a working theory that they figured out who it was. Um, and it's not. He doesn't have good info anymore. Not a not a named person. You're right. The the flap really fell off the map um, recently, and um, he yeah, pull up the picture and send it to Tyler in, in the Slack. So we have a I thought people theory. I thought people came to uh, guessed it was uh, Mike Zadek. Oh, a lot of people thought it was him. A lot of people thought it was Royce Alger. No way it was anyone like that. Uh, I, I'm not sure who it was. I think, but the name I heard, I don't even remember. It was like someone not known. It was just someone like Iowa sort of had a, uh, I would say like kind of an open door thing. You could kind of like come in the room and watch practice and hang around and be there for for a while. And you know, I don't, it's, I don't think that's that the case anymore there. But for years, like even like I think before Brands era. There's just, you know, it's just kind of a thing. You can go down, you could be there and watch practice happen. So I think with that, and this guy was super connected at one point. He's not anymore. Now he's just basically like gives his opinions on Iowa wrestling once every, you know, six months. If you don't know who this guy is, he's a probably the most famous wrestling message board poster there is other than Long Island yeah. Marty. And Kentucky Long Mon Island <laughs> Marty. Oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that name in 10 years, Chris. Who is Long Island Marty? Is that a real person? He's a real person. Um, he was a key flow hire back in the day. That that was uh he he was, well hired him <laughs> sort of man. He like came to Austin. They brought him in. This was before my time. Um, wow. Yeah, still definitely figuring things out at that point. But um, Long Island Marty was he's he loves Long Island. But Kentucky Mudflap, no one knows who he is. This is just some mysterious Iowa connected thing. He would write these hilarious write-ups like in like redneck speak but he did it in such a way it was really really hilarious um oh, so anyway and it was always like who the heck is this guy how does he know so much he would sometimes be not flattering about um 
the Iowa wrestlers too. He did not always have the nicest things to say, even though he was an Iowa fan. Towards the end, he was just His kind best of angry. line was, uh, "Get your don't get your dauber down." Yeah, don't get your dauber classic. down. Yeah. All right. Here's here's. Switch it. You guys are wrong. You guys are wrong. This is Bray. Explain yourself. This is Ramon Fry, and uh, <laughs> he is he is he's my he's my front runner for Kentucky Mud Flap. This was the guy who, like, I thought. <laughs> I thought this man worked there, like in, in, in custodial services, because he just sort of stood in the background the whole time. Oh my goodness! And then he he got wrestled Miles Martin. Miles Martin. He he walked out. He he got teched, and he was very confused about why the match was over. <laughs> uh, yeah. But here's him getting off the grid. I don't think you could have screenshot it more perfect. Uh, <laughs> I think that's our guy. I yeah, think that's Mudflap. I don't think that's him. Um, <laughs> Man. Well, he does kind of have a mullet in the back there. That I mean, that the Kentucky mud flap is in reference to his very specific haircut. Could we bring that haircut up on the screen? Yeah, I don't know if we have. That's what that's that's what maybe. Yeah, that's why I thought it's like you know this is the, the shaggy one of the shaggier guys uh, in the field, and um, you know he maybe let the front grow out to keep the disguise, but he's one you know he's one quick. Uh, what is Miles Martin thinking right there? <laughs> like what? Miles Miles like, this guy. What was happening? Oh He's man! Like, yeah, I wrestled at Big Tens four times. I guys, this guy. Uh, I, you guys gotta check the doc. I'm gonna put a Kentucky mud flap <laughs> haircut in there so you guys know what we're looking Miles, for. Miles, yeah, look at Miles. He's Miles. like, what are we doing here? Confused, Miles. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh man, <laughs> man. <laughs> Can that's Tyler it. put that on the screen? Yeah, Tyler will pull it up. He's. Oh wow! That's that's a what a cutie. <laughs> Uh, all right uh so that's a good question i don't know <laughs> you'll see tyler, bring it up already. he's working on it he's hurry up it. tyler <laughs> okay oh okay let's get to some question. other questions while we get that going um so oh i had i i hit up jd during the show and asked him what because he interviewed coach zadik about what matches count for for RTC Cup, and he said, "Oh God, we got Zadik said, I'm sure they'll come up in the meeting. They're legit matches, so perhaps they they will be considered for <laughs> for seating. But I don't know what that means for the uh, the underground series, etc. But there's the there, there's the mullet. That's all right. Check it out. This dude, that's pretty <laughs> handsome, <laughs> man." Look at that that's a that's a Kentucky mud flap right there. It really is because from straight on, if you couldn't see the uh, the the waterfall from behind, he would just look like a kind of regular haircut dude. And then you get the side profile, and you know that this guy means business. I bet that guy has hey. has uh, two two silhouettes of women dyed into the back of it like a real mud flap too. Oh. What a what a headline too! Man says bar ruled his mullet did not make the cut. Wow. <laughs> What do they know? The bar. I mean, was, that hey, is did, big J journalism at its yes. finest. Did you guys know the mullet's crown. coming back? I I have no less than five kids in my um, it's like uh, let's say fifth through eighth grade class ish uh that have a mullet. Yeah, it's like the thing now. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. That means we're just a couple years away from the return of the rat tail. The rat tail no. is. God no. See, that's the thing. If you want an ironic Red haircut, away. <laughs> if you want an ironic haircut, I don't think mullet takes it. Right? It's kind of jumped the shark. Everyone's it's been done. You've got to go rat tail. That's that's the bridge too far for ironic haircuts, which means that's exactly where you need to be. So 
We used to glorify mm-hmm. the mullets pretty hard here at Flow Wrestling, but I want rat tails. No, don't do it. As kids. grimy as you get. I, did you have a rat tail? No. There was a kid in They're my gross. elementary school that did, and I wanted to cut it off. Yeah. It was always tempting. He's like, man, I got to cut this. Yeah. I mean, it's called a rat tail. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's all cute. No. It, ca- it catches. The thing about a rat tail, a mullet you can see coming from a mile away. The rat tail yeah. can really catch you off guard. You're like, oh, normal guy, normal haircut. Turns around. Hold up. We got a rat tail. Dude, was that a rat tail? <laughs> we got a rat tail. If you guys just Google um, Kentucky mud flap and then click on the images button, there's some, oh man, there's some classic, classic stuff in there. You'll scroll and laugh for about five minutes. Oh man. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, there's no real um, show stopping questions here. It's 940. We've got to go. We have to go to Dell Diamond for the press conference. We got to go. We're going to be cutting we're, it close. We're going to be cutting it close uh, to get FRL up and Racky to get to there by 11 to run social, etc. So we got to go. Man, 11 o'clock Central, 12 Eastern. Watch the 150 press conference. Bader, maybe Bray are doing that. I don't know. Yes. Um, gonna be Going to be awesome. Tomorrow evening is the 8-man, 150 pounds, what we just talked about. Make sure you're watching that. going to be an amazing event. We will see you then. Thanks so much for listening. And we will see you next Tuesday. Come heck or high water. Thank you so much. See ya. See ya.